Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Hello, everyone. Today is July 25th, 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I am the editor of Orlando Magic Daily. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. You're probably, probably at this point, noticing something different. No, it's not me mispronunciating the word probably. Uh, it is... Uh, how much better the audio quality sounds. And it's because I finally got a new microphone. Yes, a new microphone. Listen to it hum. Mm. It's all part of the many things I'm trying to do to enhance the podcast. Again, I've gotten so much fantastic feedback from you guys, the listeners. Uh, I am so excited to be doing this project uh, every every weekday morning right now. And so I'm going to try and invest a little bit into it as well. I'll hopefully be Finding some better theme music than the music that I've been using for the main podcast or something a little bit unique. Uh, I'll kind of standardize the intro as well. So until then, you'll still get me talking to you like this. Uh, reminding you to follow us on iTunes. Locked on Magic is on iTunes. Search Locked on Magic. If you have the original Orlando Magic Daily podcast feed, uh, you should be able to get it as well. Um, there's also uh, on Audio Boom, also on Stitcher. So be sure to follow us there. Give us a nice rating. Give us a nice word. I know everyone I've talked to um, has has told me how fantastic the podcast is, how much they love having it every morning. I'm happy to give it. I've been stopped in the street, honestly, uh, because of it. So uh, I, I'm happy to keep doing it. I'm happy that this project has really taken off. Um, you know, I certainly can see the numbers for it, but I also hear from people saying how, th- how, how much they love having a daily Orlando Magic podcast. So I'm happy. To, to bring it to you, and, and I'm going to invest a little bit in, into it because uh, there's definitely the potential for something very, very big here. On today's show, though, we are going to talk about some semi-serious things, at least. Uh, coming up later today on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, our Darway Chen has a really interesting look at uh, the Carmelo rankings that come out from 538. I'll explain a little bit of that and what to expect in the article, as well as some early observations, since I, I can look at the article before all of you can. Uh, you'll probably be listening to this while you're reading that right, reading said article, so be on the lookout for that. I'm also going to talk a little bit about a side project that I that I worked on that that I've decided to shut down. Orlando Sports Daily. Uh, I just want to make some brief comments about the Orlando sports scene as I see it, uh, and and my decision to, to shut that to shut that down and what it means moving forward for Orlando Magic Daily for Locked On Magic. It won't affect any of that, but uh, I do want to kind of give you know. Pat myself on the back a little bit, but give give some recognition to uh, what I did there and how I'm going to try and incorporate that uh, a little bit more into Orlando Magic Daily so that the dream lives on. But first, we do have a bit of news coming out this weekend. Uh, French coach Vincent Collet talked to the French national team's uh, website explaining why he didn't pick Evan Fournier for the Olympic roster. It was somewhat controversial. Uh, France had to qualify for the Olympic qualifying t- in the Olympic qualifying tournament this summer uh, in the Philippines for their chance to go to the Olympics. Uh, that was something everyone knew heading into the summer that they would have to do. Um, 
what they what everyone was unsure about is um, whether players who didn't participate in that in that su- in that summer tournament would be able to play in the Olympics and Evan Fournier entering free agency there's no way he was going to risk uh, going at, going into into the tournament or going into free agency without a uh, without you know kind of those those guarantees without 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 anything and so he decided to skip the Olympic qualifying tournament and focus on his free agency that was a decision Nicholas Batum didn't make Nicholas Batum actually played uh, but there's always the opportunity that if France won which which they were heavily favored to do I think Canada was the big was the big threat in the tournament Mexico had a good team as well uh, but if if the uh, if the French team made the Olympics, it was kind of assumed Evan Fournier would then join the team uh, on the roster. It was a bit of a surprise a few weeks ago when his name was when he was not named to the French Olympic team, uh, and no one really understood why. And and there were certainly some some statements that uh, there are certainly some statements that the that the, the Collet and the French team wanted to keep some consistency with their players. They added Rudy Gobert into the lineup because they felt like there was a need for some post-play, some rim protection. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is one of the best in the world at that. He certainly makes them a more dangerous team. Uh, Evan Fournier would have done the same. He would have made the, added a lot more talent. But at the end of the day, it, Collet said it, he wanted to keep the consistency. He wanted to reward the guys that helped them make the tournament, and Fournier wasn't one of those guys. So he released a statement on the French national team's website, and and here it is as translated by Eurohoops.net. You can find it on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. About Evan Fournier, and this is a rough translation from Eurohoops.net, so excuse if there's some broken uh, broken English here. Now, about Evan Fournier, quote, about Evan Fournier, we made a step back. I said that we should worry about the present. I believe that our seven backward players have well fulfilled their different roles regarding the balance in that sector, and I found that it was great. On the contrary, we had difficulties in the paint, which could have created more issues further in the Olympic tournament. When people see things from the outside, they can ask questions. Even myself, before leaving for Manila, I believed that I would integrate Fournier after the tournament. I say that clearly because I thought that at least one backcourt player will not be quite convincing on his role. But that was not the case. After that, because of the balance achieved, I did not want to change anything. There was also a commitment that I made to the players who were there, who had been very decisive for our team in the tournament. Without them, we would not be going to Rio, and the commitment I made was that if they were performing good, they would remain on the team. So if I was not honoring my commitment, I would betray them. This is the main reason for this choice. And while it is disappointing that Fournier will not be playing for the Olympics, and I'm sure he's disappointed, this is an understandable stance from Cole, from any coach. Especially after uh, after playing in a meaningful and, and hard-fought tournament, Mixing up the roster a few weeks before 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 an even bigger tournament does seem a bit unfair. Certainly unfair to the guys that helped you get there. Um, you know, we've we've all kind of seen that scene from Miracle, where you know the team kind of has a choice between two guys. They add someone late, and they elect to keep the keep the guy who was who went through the fight and grind with them in training camp, uh, but maybe isn't as talented. That's very much this case here, or at least from the coaching decision. Would the team be better with Fournier? Probably. But as a coach, you understand the decision that's being made here. That 
that they're that the the call that that's being made. And so I'm not going to fault Colet. I'm not going to fault. Uh, I, I'm sure Fournier understands the decision. He's disappointed, but I'm sure he understands it. I'm not going to fault anyone for making this call. It is a difficult call and one that the French coach obviously made. That Colet obviously made. Uh, that France team is still very good. Tony Parker is still chugging along on the international level. Boris Diaw and Nicholas Batum are both stellar players on the international level. Um, they had some good performances. Antoine Dio played fantastic for the France national team in the Olympic qualifying tournament, as did Nando DiColo. Uh, pushing one of those guys to the bench is, is would be difficult, but something Fournier would obviously do. Um, so criticize the French national team all you want for not taking the best players. Uh, certainly, I would have loved to have seen Fournier play in the Olympics. I'm sure he would have loved to do it. But at the end of the day, the decision was made, and it's not one you can completely argue against, in my opinion. So, uh, statement's been made. The reasoning is out there. It's certainly reasonable. Uh, you know, if not, perhaps the best opportunity for that team to win. But it's certainly a, a reasonable decision. So, uh, that should do it for for that. Uh, again, disappointing. We'll see. We'll see Mario Hazonia in the Olympics. He'll be the only one playing in the Olympics this year. Uh, representing the Orlando Magic, as Serge Ibaka won't be playing for Spain. Uh, so in a couple weeks, we'll, we'll have that to look out for. Uh, coming out later today on Orlando Magic Daily, though, is is an interesting article um, that should uh, should spark some debate and, and, and spark some intrigue and certainly give us an idea of maybe what to expect from the Magic this coming season. Uh, as everyone probably knows, uh, 538 does a lot of different statistical models and projections. Um, this is their season. This 538, of course, references the number of electoral votes uh, in in in, the, in a U.S. election. So, you know, they're pretty busy in election mode right now. But earlier in the summer, they released their uh, Carmelo ratings for uh, the 2016 season. And and so, what is the Carmelo ratings, and, and there's a link to this, obviously, on, on the article, which will come out later today, later this morning. Carmelo ratings are uh, 538's attempt to project a player's career arc based on wins above replacement. So what it, what it does, and, and it uses player comparisons to try and project what the win arc is. Um, essentially, what it does is it takes your wins above replacement and throughout your career and compares it to what other player what other similar players have done and takes some other stats to see where you're stronger strongest at and find similar players to project what your career arc will be. So like, you know, I'll take an example. Uh let me pull up an example here. So let's take Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton's a really interesting example. Alfred Payton had 1.8 win share uh wins above replacement his rookie year, 0.8 last year. He had an actually big decline. Uh, he's got one of the widest ranges of potential for his for his wins above replacement. He's been compared to Norm Nixon, Rajon Rondo, Raymond Felton, Larry Wright. There's no clear comparison for his career quite yet. He's still very young. But they can look at his assist rate, his turnover rate, his three-point frequency, his true shooting percentage, his height, his weight, his draft position to figure out what a typical player of his career will do. And Carmelo really likes him. They and again, Carmelo is 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 a they 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 said you know they wanted a a catchy name and they backed 
backtracked a uh, a acronym for it. Carmelo stands for Career Arc Regression Model Estimator with Local Optimization. Uh, so it's fan- it's a fancy term. But like Alfred Payton is, is projected to be a future all-star. However, his wins above replacement next year could range from anywhere to, it looks like, five or six to negative, to, to below zero. So he... His range could be really good. They they average it out the the media the the median value or the the the, the average value that they have within their range the fiftieth confidence is three point four wins above replacement for next year, which would be a very good season. Um, if he can hit that, that would be very good because I don't think the Magic had anybody hit that on their roster last year. Uh, the only guy that did was Aaron was uh, Aaron Gordon, and uh, Nikola Vucevic did as well. They they like they like Vuce, so this model. Is is interesting because it does use use some some statistics and 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 five thirty eight. This is what five thirty eight does. They they make projections like this. It's interesting in that it tells us or it, it tries to show us what to expect from players this season. And if when you look at the Magic's and and what this article will do is just kind of lay out the the. Basics or, or or the baseline numbers just just to present them. We're, we're hopefully going to follow up with some more in depth articles on, on this on the subject, but we'll we'll present all the numbers to you at least. Um, what this what this shows is kind of where players are. Like Alfred Payton, last year was actually projected to have five point seven win, wins above replacement value. He ended up with point eight, so he had a very disappointing year last year. Uh, you look at say. Uh, Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo last year was projected to have 3.6 wins above replacement coming off a 2.6 year. He was he was an up-and-coming player, was, was how he was categorized. And 3.6 was about where, where they had him kind of flatlining. He actually... Had 5.0, so Oladipo had a very good had a very good year on, according to this metric, and, and now he's been categorized as a future All Star. So the Magic gave up something for him. And if you want to get into it, Serge Ibaka last year was very disappointing. He was projected to have 5.7 wins above replacement, ended up with 2.6. Serge Ibaka this year is projected to have 2.3, continuing a, a pretty steady decline for him. And that's one of the interesting things about this is, is we we begin to notice trends or what. Statistics or what similar players would kind of project would be would be a trend. I mean, let's let's take a look at Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is currently projected as an average starter. He was at five point eight wins above replacement in twenty fourteen, down to three point three. His similarity values don't have a lot of recognizable names. I mean, Roy Hinson, you probably don't know who he is. Uh, James Edwards. Hot Rod Williams, Herb Williams, like these are these are not good players to to be to be compared to, frankly, for for a guy that the Magic are are banking a lot on. Um, when Carmelo projects a steady decline from Ibaka, still, they think that he could have anywhere between uh, their ninetieth ninetieth percent confidence rating has him just above five wins above replacement, and their tenth percent has him below zero. So 2.3 is the average for him, and they see him steadily declining. That could be something that that happens for the Magic and, and for Ibaka that they gotta they gotta watch out for. 
Um, you know, they they traded someone who does seem to be on the rise and seem to be getting better. And while you know Oladipo puts up good stats on, on a losing team, you know they obviously felt like they needed to cash in and, and add something different. Now, wins above replacement definitely has some limitations. Um, it is kind of a catch-all, and so you have to understand what goes into it. And it's not exactly clear what 538 uses to go into wins above replacement. Um, it does try to take a lot of different stats into consideration. Uh, but it doesn't capture everything, let's say. It doesn't capture, you know, it, it looks at box plus minus. It looks at real plus minus. Um, you know, it, or it looks at like stats like that, which which try to determine whether a player is above or below the average. Um, so it, it does capture a lot, but it may not capture everything. So it's not a perfect measure. And it's certainly not a perfect measure for describing uh, and, uh, completely a player's individual contributions. Because, you know, like last year when, when we took a look at these numbers, the Magic didn't perform well. And a good reason for that is they didn't win very many games. So bumping up to 35 wins, maybe that's a little bit more significant. And you look at like a guy like Evan Fournier, who was projected at 1.7, bumped up to 3.8, you know, outperformed his expectations pretty pretty highly. Um, they expect him to take a step back down, and, and I can I actually kind of do too, but, but for different reasons. Um, it's not precisely clear what to take from a lot of these numbers. And... Uh, Darway is going to have some explanation. He's going to look at look at some of the individual players uh, and uh, kind of break it down and, and and give you some 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 things to think about when it comes to these numbers. And again, I think I think you know, and I certainly want to. I'll probably help with this as well. We'll dig a little bit deeper into these numbers and, and try and see if we can learn anything about the team moving forward. Uh, but you know, like what what he says about Serge Ibaka. You know, Ibaka continued a downward trend, but there are definitely reasons to think that he could be in for a bounce-back season. I mean, we, we expect Ibaka to get the ball more, to have a usage rate above 20%. That should help his counting stats get up a little bit more, and that should help him contribute to to wins in a more meaningful way. The Thunder didn't use him at all on offense. Uh, they pushed him away from the basket. limited his That limited his defensive ability. He had a lot of help, and so his contributions may not have been captured as much as as. We want as we think it might be. Um, so there's certainly some things to mine out of this data. Uh, there's certainly it's certainly an interesting look at the team. When I look at the the depth that the chart of this season's team and and with the projections, they're not seeing anyone taking a huge leap this year. The only guy that I see taking a huge leap over last year is Alfred Payton. Their two future All Stars are Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton, and that's obviously who we think the core of this team is. But clearly. For the Magic to have the season they want to have, someone else is going to have to step up. You know, I'm looking at this list, and they're going to need more from Bismack Biombo, who hasn't really contributed much uh, throughout his career as nothing but a bench bench player. They're going to need Evan Fournier to continue an upward projection, something that the something that that Carmelo does not project to be project to happen. They're going to need more from Aaron Gordon, which is something they do project to happen. As, and, and they need him to stay on that kind of all-star track that Carmelo sees. They're going to need a lot more from Serge Ibaka. And, you know, for the time being, they're going to need Nikola Vucevic to step up on the defensive end while providing his offense. When I look at these projections, I'm not seeing a team that that 
this 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 projection system does not seem to like the Orlando Magic very much and does not seem to think that they're going to take a huge step up. Then again, if you keep Victor then again, if you keep Victor Oladipo, Carmelo doesn't see Oladipo taking a huge step up either. And having the same thing as last year probably isn't going to work. So these numbers certainly they're they're fun, they're interesting. Uh, they 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 tell us a little bit about you know maybe what to expect maybe help us understand some va- some value pieces, but they don't tell the complete picture and obviously they don't replace what happens on the floor. So uh, definitely digest those numbers, take a look at them. They're ki- they're they're interesting and, and mine through some of the data on 538.com. Uh, it's definitely uh, it, it's a little bit of a headache for a Monday morning, but it's definitely uh, an interesting thing to do. Uh, to close out today's show, I, I do want to kind of take a moment and uh, reflect a little bit on the Orlando sports scene in general. Um, as as some of you may be aware, and I advertised it a little bit, little bit on Orlando Magic Daily. I, I wanted to keep content relevant. I didn't want to push it on people, but um, that might be one of my mistakes in the long run, anyway. But uh, for the last year or so, I, I've run a site. Uh, I started a sister site called Orlando Sports Daily, and and the goal was to cover the teams in Orlando in the same depth and same uh, kind of respect and, and and attention that the Orlando Magic got on Orlando Magic Daily. And it was a a bit a, a big dream of mine. It was it was an idea that I'd been working that I'd been thinking about for a few years. And I finally had the time and the space to, to go for it and try it. And, and so I started the website. Um, I, you know, in, in addition to covering the Magic, I covered Orla- the Orlando Solar Bears, the Orlando Predators, Orlando City, the bowl games, uh, and some of the other events in and around the city, uh, including UCF. And unfortunately, this weekend, I, I made the decision to, to shut the site down. Um, I, I wanted to commit more to Orlando Magic Daily. I wanted to commit more to this podcast, obviously. I wanted to commit more to kind of my own professional life. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you work in a blog. It's it's not it's not the highest paying gig in the world. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Uh, and, and you don't do it for money anyway. Um, you do it because you know you, you you love writing. You love you know kind of putting it, putting in the work and, and giving you guys a great product and, and a great um, and, and a great uh, thing to listen to to and read every day. Um, but you know there is definitely a time when when you have to begin moving on and and I think shutting down Orlando Sports Daily was 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 a step f- for that for me personally. I think Orlando is an incredible incredible sports market. I really do. Um I think that there are some really great teams here uh that that you know deserve I mean and obviously it's your hard-earned dollars but deserve some deserve some more attention and deserve uh not necessarily deserve, but but warrant your attention, and warrant, uh, you know, more media coverage, and that's essentially what I tried to fill. Um, I and I tried to, to cover, you know, game by game, you know, do do daily stories, you know, hit hit everything, and certainly, it's much tougher to find information on the Orlando Solar Bears, uh, off of daily websites than it is the Orlando Magic. Uh, certainly, the the immense coverage of the NBA makes a site like Orlando Magic Daily possible for us to 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 show to show you links to provide links that that are interesting and you know help break things down and help kind of extend conversations. And and again, that's 
that's always been my philosophy, and that's something that, that I tried to do for Orlando Magic Daily, and I tried to do for Orlando Sports Daily. I think I still believe a site like this can work. It's just it's just very difficult, uh, you know, for me and my staff, just because we had so much th- other things going on. Um, I will say that Orlando's sports scene is filled with some incredible people, some incredible teams, and some really incredible uh, stories that need to be told. Um, you know, stories that you know maybe I didn't pursue as as much as I should have. Stories that, um, you know, go beyond a game. But I, I, you know, I'm someone that believes games are important. And so I, you know, I tried to cover every Orlando Solar Bears game. I tried to cover, uh, I tried to cover, you know, I cover, I covered every Orlando Predators game. I, I, I wrote about Orlando City. I wrote about the Orlando Pride. I wrote about UCF. And expanding those horizons was really, was really great. So I encourage everyone to, Check out some of these teams, you know, even if it's just one game. The Orlando Predators are fighting for an Arena Bowl championship. They're fighting to win a championship for this city. And, you know, the Predators, aside from the Magic, the Predators have been in this town longer than anybody. Um, They're playing their 25th season right now. They are very ingrained in this community. Uh, One of the, the two of the victims actually from the Pulse nightclub shooting were Orlando Predators season ticket holders and literally went from an Orlando Predators game to to the nightclub. And that story was incredibly powerful. And, and that was the last home game against Tampa against the Tampa Bay Storm a few weeks ago. It was an incredibly emotional night in the Amway Center for that team because they're as ingrained in the community as anybody. I mean, Orlando City's new and, and they had the big powerful moment, but... The Predators are ingrained in this community as anybody. The Solar Bears have done an incredible job getting more ingrained into this community and putting on a fantastic product on the ice for a, a non-traditional hockey market. Um, they're in a big, they're in the Amway Center, which can be a little, you know, vacuous for uh, an ECHL team. But it's no coincidence they're third in attendance in the league. They, this city, this city has taken to them immensely. Um. So I, I think that there are a lot of different fans. You know, not everyone cheers for the Magic. Not everyone cheers for the. Not everyone knows too much about the Solar Bears or Predators. Not everyone cheers for UCF. Not everyone cheers for Orlando City. Uh, but I wanted a place where you could find all that information, get get a little bit more nuanced and, and deeper conversation about that team, and, and I hope for the last year that I provided that and that I shined a light on what's going on in Orlando. And, and I, I'm still probably going to use some of my voice on Orlando Magic Daily to do that. Um, you know, I won't be covering the Saturday's Predators game, but I, 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 I'm going to try and go for sure. And I highly encourage everyone to, to go check out the Orlando Predators this weekend. They play Saturday against uh, the Philadelphia Soul, a big game. The winner, the winner wins, the divi- wins the conference and gets the top seed uh, for the playoffs, uh, something the Predators have been fighting for all year and, and, and really deserve and, and should, should win if they can win this game. Uh, so, you know, everyone knows about Orlando City. Uh, you know, I, I certainly scaled back my coverage of them because there's so much great coverage of, of Orlando City around town. Um, you know, but not a lot of people know about the Solar Bears. Not a lot of pe- people know about the Predators. Uh, and, you know, I was happy to to 
learn a little bit more about them, learn a little bit more about UCF. I had an amazing time working with UCF and getting to know that campus a little bit better. Um, I feel closer to Orlando than I ever have before, uh, so I'm certainly going to keep talking some Orlando sports co- sports content here. I know not everyone that listens to this podcast is from Orlando, uh, but um, I, I do. We, we are part of this community, so I, I do want to make sure I note them when when it's appropriate. Uh, so once again, I, I want to thank everyone for their support of Orlando Sports Daily. Even if you checked out the site once, I, I really thank you guys. Um, you know, I hope that. Uh, it gave you something. I hope that it was a really it was a project that's close to my heart, and it's tough to close it. Uh, but I feel like I, I I have to for a number of different reasons, and so um you know I, I um you know I'm obviously still picking picking some pieces up and and figuring some things out as well. So thank you all for your support on, on the project. Um you know I I really I really appreciate it. Um. So, you know, that, that will actually do it now uh, on, a, on a semi-emotional note. That will actually do it um, for Orlando, for Locked On Magic. I want to thank everyone for listening once again. Uh, again, like, the support for the podcast has been amazing. I'm going to start putting some more investment uh, into the podcast, uh, making it um, a lot better. I hope, you, I hope the new mic works out. I hope it's a little bit better. Um, you probably uh, noticed how kind of monotone and NPR-ish my voice is. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my Ira Glass impersonation, uh, you know, for, for, for our co-founder, Mr. Tori Malatia. No, I don't have a job for that. Sorry. Uh, that's, that's a This American Life joke for, for anyone that, that wants it. Uh, my jokes are still really, really bad. So you will still get the same quality crap, bad jokes from me uh, every day here on Locked On Magic. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring the puns, puns for you every, every day. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Locked On Magic. Uh, if you're not following us there, you can find us on Audio Boomer Stitcher. We're on just about any listening device that you want to have us on at this point. So be sure to check us out there. Uh, I will, uh, again, thank you all for, for the response and for the feedback and for the support of Orlando Magic Daily, for Orlando Sports Daily, and for Locked On Magic. I will catch you all tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.